You know what? The Colts have holes on the roster. But would I trade Chris Ballard for any other GM in the NFL? Would you? That's the question. Indiana basketball, does it need to stand for something more than winning? Do we need to dial back expectations to accommodate for a different set of priorities in Bloomington? Thad Mata introduced at Henkel Fieldhouse. Michael Lewis introduced at Ball State. Michael Lewis did something very, very smart over the last week. We'll talk about that. It's opening day in Chicago at Wrigley Field, and I wish I felt better about the Cubs. And it's opening day at the Masters. Tiger Woods is about two and a half hours from teeing off at number one at Augusta. Can he win a historic sixth green jacket at the same age that Jack Nicklaus won his sixth? We'll talk about that, too. This is Breakfast with Kent. For Thursday, April 7th, 2022, we are brought to you by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing. My goodness, if you've got a plumbing problem, they got a plumbing solution. It's just that simple. Give them a call, 765-610-8809. Hit subscribe, hit the like button, ring the bell. Let's go. Let's talk about sports uh, on this Thursday morning as spring is kind of springing in central Indiana. Let's go. Here's the thing with Chris Ballard. All right, there are holes on the roster. Like I said, uh, Colts didn't go to the playoffs last year, but would, and, and we're like hypercritical of Chris Ballard. But would you trade Chris Ballard for any other GM in the NFL? Chris Ballard, here's the thing. He's trying to do something different. He's trying to build a culture. 31 other NFL teams, what they're trying to do is cobble together enough to win, right? They're trying to put enough talent on the field to win. What the Colts are trying to do is win in a different way. Not game the system, but change the system a little bit. Take into account the personalities, the character of the people they put in the locker room. This was immediately obvious when Chris Ballard took over as general manager from Ryan Grigson, and nothing against Ryan Grigson. He did a lot of really good things. Went to the playoffs three years in a row, never had a losing season as a general manager with the Colts. What Ballard's tried to do is is put together people who are wired to compete together toward the goal of winning. That's what he's trying to do, and I think it's noble. I don't know whether you can be successful doing that or not. I don't know whether you can be successful building from the inside out as Chris Ballard's trying to. Build the offensive line, build the defensive line, kind of cobble together other attributes to try to win, swap out quarterbacks literally every single year, and try to find a way to win a Super Bowl, win a Lombardi Trophy, when you've got an owner going out and saying it is the stated goal of the franchise to win multiple Lombardi Trophies over the next decade. I don't think that makes Chris Ballard's job easier. However, this is the way he's doing it. I like it when winning validates a cause of action, right? Um, That you do something meaningful in terms of holding players accountable and bringing players in who who fit a culture. I like that with the Colts. 
I wouldn't swap, and, and we do. We talk about Chris Ballard all the time in, in critical terms. It's been five years. So there, there is a track record, as there is with virtually every general manager in the NFL. There's a track record of mistakes, right? You're not going to have the draft that Chris Ballard had in 2018 all the time. You're not going to have the draft that the Titans had in 2019 all the time. You're going to make mistakes. And one of the things that you need in order to be able to win, you need consistency and you need excellence at the quarterback position. And Chris Ballard was not able to provide that or has not been able to provide that yet. Thought he inherited it with Andrew Locke. That wasn't the case. Andrew Locke, as we know, retired at the age of 29, uh, right before the start of the 2019 regular season, 15 days prior. And that's the way it goes. You've got to adjust. You've got to figure it out. But it made the Colts' job much, much more difficult. Has Chris Ballard made mistakes? There's a hypothetical kind of a rhetorical question I'll answer myself. Yeah, he's made a lot of mistakes. You want a, a list of the mistakes? How about this? Off the top of my head, took Rocky Seen. Early in the second round, two picks later, the San Francisco 49ers took Debo Samuel. How would Debo Samuel look today in a Colts uniform? Pretty good. Same draft. The Colts take Ben Banigou in the second round. Two picks later, the Titans take A.J. Brown. How about this? Uh, Still... In the same draft, the Colts take Paris Campbell late in the second round and pass on DK Metcalf. Now you got Colts fans who want the Colts to go out and trade for DK Metcalf. Here's what Chris Ballard's going to do. He's going to try to draft the next one because going out and getting this one is way too expensive. You're going to pay DK Metcalf the kind of money that uh, Adams and Hill are making it the wide receiver position. And you're going to have to give up draft equity in order to do it. And Chris Ballard's just not going to do it. The The bar is set too high. The Seahawks are not going to give up DK Metcalf without somebody coming in and paying a king's ransom to do it. So he's not going to do that. He's not going to try to spackle over a previous mistake by making more mistakes. That's not the way he works. Chris Ballard is risk-averse. Certainly, really risk-averse. Rarely makes a bad deal, right? And and that Wentz deal, that was one place where he kind of stuck his neck off and he almost got it chopped off. He ain't going to do that. So Colts fans should kind of restrict their own um, expectation for Chris Ballard to those deals where, you know what, a, a deal like DeForest Buckner goes, uh, comes to the Colts for the 13th overall pick. That's one that he's going to make. That makes sense. You get a DeForest Buckner level player in the prime of his career for uh, a reasonable draft asset. You would be very, very fortunate to go out and be able to get a DeForest Buckner level talent to anchor the interior of the defensive line uh, at 13, right? And so you pay a little bit of money 
That's no big deal. We get very critical of, of Chris Ballard for not paying money to people. That's the way it goes. I would, I would rather have Chris Ballard try and try and try and try and maybe take some time to succeed than I would having a guy who represents all the bad stuff is, not, is about nothing more than greed and unpleasantness and going out and getting the most talented guys and blah, 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 all of this crap to be the Cleveland Browns, right? I don't want the general man. I don't want Chris Ballard to be the general manager of the Cleveland Browns. I want him to be the general manager of the Indianapolis Colts. And I think he's the perfect guy to be the GM of the Colts. That's why when people say, okay, is this last, last chance saloon? For Chris Ballard and Frank Reich, I don't think so. I think Jim Irsay is, you know what, all in behind these two guys. I think he believes these two guys are the right guys. Are you going to be able to win without the right guy quarterback? You're not in the NFL. It's never going to happen. The Rams went out and overspent for Matt Stafford. The Rams continue to go out and overspend for weapons. And that's the way this works. And the Colts are trying to do it different. I say hats off to Chris Ballard in trying to do it different. Let's talk about Indiana basketball for a minute. I'm not even going to mention what happened over the weekend, all right? You're tired of it. I'm tired of it. Please, let's move on. However, what we do need to talk about is Indiana basketball and the priorities that have been established by fans of Indiana basketball, behaviorally, academically, uh, in terms of compliance with the NCAA. Indiana fans must, they, they must hold that program accountable to compliance, academics, and um, behavior, or no one else will. If fans don't, they're not going to hire to it. And you're going to have big problems. And then Indiana is not going to be able to win the right way. Winning the right way has always been really, really important to Indiana basketball. And I think it's one of the reasons Indiana basketball hadn't been able to win over the last few years. Because they're trying to, you know, kind of court all these other suitors. They're trying to fulfill the expectations in different silos. That's really, really difficult. And when you've got, when you're competing against a program like Kansas, who doesn't care about anything other than winning, it's win, hang a banner, that's it. Kentucky, win, hang banners, that's it. When you're competing against programs like that, that are laser focused on the other stuff, you know what? It is really hard to hit the nail on the head with that single priority that others are executing toward. It's really hard. And, and what has happened over the last week is, I think, at least I'm going to speak for me, I've come back into focus about what Indiana basketball is, what it means, and how I am going to perceive it. you got to get a degree, you got to be compliant, and you've got to behave on campus. You have to respect the fact that you represent the university you represent the program, and that program isn't just the guys who are playing today. It's the guys who have played historically. And those guys, although they weren't perfect, a lot of them did stuff maybe crazier than we saw over the weekend. 
these guys deserve and, and fans deserve to have people populate that program who are going to adhere to those standards. And if they win, they win. And if they don't, they don't. You try like hell to win. You try like hell to find the people who are committed to playing together, kind of like Chris Ballard is with the Colts. That's what you do at Indiana. And if you're not going to do that, get bent. All right? Kids who just want to play in the NBA, don't come to Indiana. You're going to be held to a higher standard. And that's just the way it is. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. Thad Mata introduced as a new head coach at Butler. Is he going to win? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, he isn't too old to win. His foot doesn't work anymore, he says, but that's not going to keep him from uh, coaching winning basketball. That's the way it goes. Um, thank you so much, Michigan Hoosier. I could not be more appreciative. $100. That's the biggest donation that I've ever gotten on this channel. That is absolutely wonderful, and thank you so much, and I appreciate the comment as well. Very, very nice of you. Um, if if you want to ask, ever ask a question, just donate, and then the, the thing pops up and I see it. I, I couldn't be more appreciative. Very, very nice. We're capitalists here. We're not greedy like the Ricketts family, but we're capitalists. We, we enjoy the odd, uh, the odd C-note being dropped in the till. Very, very nice. Thank you very much. Um, Michael Lewis being introduced as a head coach, graduate of Indiana University's basketball program, played in that last class with Bob Knight, for Bob Knight, from Jasper, Indiana. His grandfather, Gene Cato, ran the IHSAA for a long time, a wonderful commissioner of the IHSAA. His DNA is in Indiana basketball heritage, and he's up in Muncie now, and he's done a really smart, and he was at Butler for uh, a time as an assistant coach, Absolutely wonderful guy. He did two really good things right out of the shoot that makes me think that Michael is going to win in Muncie. He retained Ben Botts on his staff, absolutely critical, and he retained Bill Comar, who's one of the nicest guys in the history uh, of uh, college basketball, was the Dobo down at Xavier, uh, was an assistant at Loyola when my son played at Loyola, and was also, uh, he worked for Archie Miller down in Bloomington during Archie's reign. A tremendous guy, really good organizational guy, and somebody that Michael Lewis is going to be able to rely upon to get things right down in Muncie. Michael Lewis is going to win in Muncie. The, the challenge for uh, Ball State is going to be in three years. Okay, how do we keep him? How do we pay to keep this guy? Uh, Cubs opening day is today, and then we'll talk about the Masters. I used to get really excited about opening day uh, with the Cubs. But the Ricketts family has absolutely ruined my appreciation for Chicago Cubs baseball with their relentless greed. All they try to do is take that real estate at and, uh, or at uh, Clark and Addison and turn it into cash. And I think that that is an invalid methodology for running the Chicago Cubs baseball franchise. And I hate it. So Chris Bryant's gone. Javier Baez is gone. Anthony Rizzo's gone. We know all of that, right? Schwarber, still gone. What you do have, you have Wilson Contreras. You have Kyle Hendricks, who's going to be on the bump today at Wrigley against the Brewers at 220. And you have Jason Hayward. 
You have Ian Happ. Those are some of the recognizable names. You got Suzuki, who they signed as a guy. That's wonderful. Um, At least they're spending a little bit of money on the baseball product. But I hate the Ricketts. And, And so it's very, very hard to love the Cubs simultaneously because they built something that had a chance to be special over time, and they kicked it to the curb. And uh, there's stuff in their pockets full of my cash, which pisses me off. Tiger Woods goes off today at 11.04. I think Tiger can win because the conditions around Augusta are going to be crappy. You're going to have wind all weekend long. You've got high temperatures in the 60s, uh, maybe even the 50s as we get to Saturday, but windy and you know what? The worse the conditions, the better Tiger's chances of winning at Augusta. All right, let's celebrate some birthdays, shall we? I hate to talk about the Cubs because it's always negative with me at this point, and that's just the way it is. Uh, Tim Ham, happy birthday. Lars C. Aram, happy birthday. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. If it's not your birthday, you celebrate somebody else. That is best done with an honest and specific compliment. Be good to each other. Lift each other up. And don't be a greedy prick your whole life. Be a generous person spiritually and financially. Give to those in need and uh, and and thank those who give to you. And again, thank you, Michigan Hoosier. I couldn't be more appreciative.